This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall, the teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars, and that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 24 of Land Parties. I am your host, Lucas Agan. Joining me, as always, is Ryan Smith. Ryan, how's it going today? Good. I I am still grinding away at The Last of Us 2. I'm feeling like I'm getting uh, closer to the end there, so that's uh, exciting. Other than that, I mean, really, I barbecued yesterday, chilled out. It was just another weekend. I mean, we've been locked up for forever uh, but the Steam Summer Sale is going on as well, so I've kind of been looking to see what's on sale on my wish list, and uh, I don't know, we might pick up a few games. What about yourself, brother? Oh man, just just gaming, and and I have to be careful with the Steam sales because otherwise I'll look at my bank account and wonder <laughs> what the heck happened to my paychecks, <laughs> and so I got I got to be careful. But Ryan, we got a very special guest this week. He is Las Vegas's biggest content creator and we are very excited to welcome over to the program how are you doing today hey good morning you guys i appreciate you having me on and i just want to before everybody comes for me here i'm actually from what i know the biggest gaming creator in las vegas right now um there are other creators here that do gaming as like a, a side hustle gaming is the only thing that i do pretty much and i you know i have other little side hustles with that but as of as of uh you know a few days ago i think i'm the biggest gaming creator in Vegas, which is amazing. That's awesome. I'm I'm excited to jump in and 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 talk with you. We're gonna get to we're gonna hit up a couple of topics, and then we're gonna sit down and, and talk with you because I'm I'm really uh, uh, that that is freaking awesome that uh, in everything that you're doing as far as uh, on the gaming content creating side. And again, we've been talking about it for a while now. Just how big and and how much gaming is becoming more and more normalized we're starting to see in all kinds of different industries and stuff like that so again to be able to talk to somebody that you know started and build it up to where you're at right now it's going to be awesome and thank you guys for having me and this is the earliest i've woken up in in years I feel that I am yeah. I am a night owl myself. So. <laughs> Lucas, why don't you kick us off here, though? I know that we got some uh, there's some again, this past week has been filled with all kinds of gaming and streaming news. Let's get to it. Yeah, I'd like to start with uh, Valorant's first major tournament that took place. And there was a twenty five thousand dollar grand prize. And I think the big takeaway uh, that I saw from that was that TSM uh, won as the North American champions. And uh, their win over T1 in the finals, I think, was 
a surprise to a lot of people coming into this tournament. I think T1 was was probably the the hands down favorite. Um, I think you would have asked a lot of people, and so uh, you know it's great to see Valorant kind of get the ball rolling on the esports side. And we're seeing, you know, already at one tournament in a little bit of a surprise with TSM coming out. Well, that's, I mean, it's crazy, number one, that they've, I mean, this game has launched, what, a month ago, maybe? And they're already having their first tournament. I said it, you know, when it was back in the beta. I was like, this game is built for esports. They literally, I feel like they built this game for esports. You know my personal feelings on this game, uh, which doesn't matter, but I am I am trash at it anyway. Uh, and I, I don't know. It's not really my style. It's definitely slower. But the fact that they were able to already, they, they're already having tournaments. Uh, you had a $25,000 grand prize. And then you got TSM coming in and, and flexing on people uh, and, and getting that dub. Uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's dope. Yeah. And, you know, it's... I you I always like drama, right? So the more excitement you can get, the better for viewing wise, and it will keep you more engaged as the season starts to to really take full steam. So I am all for seeing maybe some budding rivalries start to take shape already. Um, obviously, T one's going to be fine. They've got a ton of talent, uh, <laughs> so they're going to be fine. I'm I am really excited to see this shape going forward. Um, you know, especially between TSM and T1, and see what happens here long term between those two. I was wondering, Overt, have you had a chance? Do you? What are your thoughts on on Valorant uh, and this tournament? Um. So, I, oh man. Well, I personally. I haven't played the game yet, uh, <laughs> to be honest with you guys. But the game looks great. I have a ton of friends that play it. I have a ton of friends that are playing it professionally, playing the tournaments. And um, as you guys may or may not know, I'm I'm super good friends with a ton of just a ton of uh, people in the community, like a ton of the phase guys that are playing it right now. Mm. And man, it, it really has it has came out with so much hype. Or I think this is like the most hype game you know for the fps genre that has come out in a long time um in my opinion so i actually just ordered a new pc and as soon as i get that i'm gonna be playing this game for sure it's it's you know and it's funny that you say that too because i felt the same way i was just like this game before it even came out their their marketing team absolutely killed it uh with mm. this game you know what i mean with that i know that they're doing the twitch drops and the only way to get beta keys was watching twitch streamers so there's a boost there uh everybody was excited about it you had all the big you know streamers and content creators uh playing it and it does you know you're right uh people generally uh seem to like this uh, and again it, it kind of reminds me of like almost like a csgo it reminds me of csgo uh more than anything and we already know that csgo had a huge scene uh as well so to be able to kind of get an updated uh game that plays and kind of feels that way but then you have some other uh fun things with it i'm uh, you know again i'm i'm glad to see uh the success of it i think we 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 said this too because this is their uh this is their first game outside of League of Legends. So I almost felt like they they said, hey, we know that these games are really popular right now. This is really good. Let's take them. Let's mash them together. Let's get people all pumped up. And and, and we have Valorant. <laughs> yeah, hit them with the fusion dance. I, I was like a huge CSGO player. I, I love play. I played CSGO nonstop for like, I don't know, a couple of years maybe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they literally just made, they, they made like a fun CSGO, not saying that CSGO is not fun, but they made like a fun, like a fun version. You feel me? Right. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it looks the game looks amazing. I can't wait to get my new PC to play it more or to play it. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you know, and and again, too, it, I'm, I'm glad to see that it's uh, successful uh, and they, you know, they came out rocking hard and they have been going hard this whole time. Uh, I know that there was a bit of controversy with the anti-cheat. I don't know. I haven't followed along. I don't know if there's anything that has changed uh, as far as with that. We saw some other companies uh, like Bethesda try to sneak one in with Doom and people got super upset and then they they pulled it back. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of like, that was one of my biggest concerns, uh, as far as with this game was that zero level admin access, uh, with the anti cheat. I know that you can now like toggle it on and off. Uh, but still I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Ryan, we, we've talked about that at length and it's, it'll be interesting. Like if, if. I haven't seen any major updates on that front, but it'll be interesting to see what they do, how they react, and how some of these other companies react to that and some of the blowback that they had gotten. Uh, I have, I have, do have a question for you guys. So, you know, obviously Valorant just kicking off competitive-wise. What do you guys look for in a competitive league here that would set itself up for long-term success rather than, you know, maybe putting themselves in danger long-term for... To, to stay relevant and stay um, at the forefront of people's minds. Over it, I'll let you, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know what? I think that that's very kind of you to let me go first, but I insist you go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know my thoughts on it. And again, I, I feel like they've, they've done a good job. Uh, I feel where we've seen some of these uh, other leagues kind of uh, have issues, one being Overwatch League. I feel like a lot of that was kind of tied into, I, I felt like they made a couple of uh, move missteps. Uh, I think them moving from Twitch uh, over to YouTube was had a huge impact uh, on viewership uh, for them. Not to mention, you know, they are. I feel like they are kind of aggressive about the changes that they make within that uh, within the ecosystem of Overwatch. So I feel like you know they they introduced Roll Queue, which was super off putting for people. Uh, I believe they're going to be bringing uh, Open Queue back. Right now, it's in an arcade mode, uh, but it is a competitive set. So I'm thinking that they're they're they had talked about doing it side by side which again i think that's going to bring more popularity uh back to it i think really it's going to be what kind of updates and how riot handles moving forward is going to be the biggest tell on whether people are like yeah i love this game or you know one one small move can completely change the dynamic of both uh the competitive scene uh as well as uh, the scene for casuals so really i think you know a lot of it at least in that sense i think um it's going to blend play a big part in it um so it's from my from my side from what i'm from what i know and what i see so i never actually played professional i've friends with a ton of pro players and i've been around the scenes for a long time and to me the thing that i always felt um would help the league and help the the scene is just listening to the pro players the people that are playing the game the most i think always have a ton of valid criticism and a ton of valid points that a lot of gaming companies don't listen to you know, and I think it's just so important to listen to the guys in the league, listen to the people playing on the professional scene. I think a lot of these guys have a ton of good insight. Obviously, they're playing the game 12 hours a day. Right. They, they might know a thing or two about it. But <laughs> I think that Valorant's honestly, the way that they came out, I think it's going to be relevant for, for a good amount of time. They stay with the updates. They listen to the pro players. I think that, that if you can get 
um, these guys with these giant social media followings behind the game like they already have. Right. I think that you're in a prime position to succeed, in my, in my opinion. I agree. What, what about you, Lucas? Yeah, you know, you obviously I love you guys' perspectives here. I kind of always go back to getting – more of those narratives from from some of these players you know a lot of these players fantastic amazing people and with some really compelling stories and i always think back to you know the biggest superstars in some of these other sports you know who they are even if you're not a huge fan of that sport so getting those names and faces out there and kind of getting them out there to, to the broader audience is going to give you guys you know into like Even if you're not a gamer, you know what Fortnite is. So kind of getting that level of consciousness in the public there, I think, is is what will separate a league from, you know, maybe being successful to that kind of next stratosphere, that next level of success there. Well, and you make a good point there, too, is like a lot of these, especially, I mean, think just even uh, normal sports, uh, basketball, baseball, whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have your team connections and whatnot, but also I, I feel like a lot of it is heavily weighed on some of the characters that you have in there and whether people are willing to invest their time, invest their emotions, go, you know, and and support them. Uh, you know what I mean? I think it's going to it's going to have a huge I think that's going to have a huge tell on on also the success of the league on whether people are able to make those connections uh, with some of these athletes. Are there, you know, good stories to tell, which there always are. Uh, so I'm excited to see, you know, I mean, again, it's, it's always exciting when, when you're getting this fresh new thing that wasn't there before. And it's just kind of, we're literally watching it grow uh, before our eyes. Yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, it's fun to be there at the beginning and see where it goes from here. I mean, it's, you know, and what's what's intriguing, of course, is since we're here at the start watching the start is you never know, right? You don't know what missteps might be happening. You never know what bumps in the road that nobody can anticipate that are going to come forward. So from, from an observer standpoint, it's really compelling because, you know, their whole story is about to be written and who knows where it's going to go from here. And I like seeing that. I agree. I agree 100%. And we'll see. I mean, again, with the success of this tournament, I'm sure if, if they I'm sure there's already other tournaments planned. Uh, we'll start seeing bigger ones. We'll start seeing smaller local ones. I know. I mean, we talked with uh, uh, GVBTB uh, here a couple weeks ago and he's on the uh, the eight bit uh valorant team so you know it'll be nice to see some of these uh some of these tournaments uh go local i know that uh, uh you recently uh, wrote a story about the esports arena opening back up as well so we should be seeing some of that action uh uh you know play out and whatnot so we'll see we'll see how it goes uh as far as with this i mean i don't see this not being successful i think this is going to be more successful probably than uh even Overwatch League. Um, so it, it's going to be fun to just just watch this grow and see what kind of cool things and and stuff that they create and, and come out of uh, uh, this game being out in the market now. Yeah, it's you know what? Like I said, it'll be fun. You can't really doubt right, of course. Right now, their track record is pretty solid for <laughs> <laughs> keeping a game relevant. So <laughs> mm-hmm. let's move on to... Uh, uh, I know that we'll... Uh, um, briefly talk about i know both of us have been playing uh the last of us 2 uh they the last of us 2 sold uh what was it four four million copies over three days over three days that is incredible man 
that is incredible i still haven't gone so <laughs> this is the thing it's like i still haven't gone because i'm not finished with the game i i'm seeing like these review things and stuff coming out uh and and people have been ripping it again i haven't gotten into any of those details uh as far as with that but it's amazing to think that it sells four million copies and i remember too i think on metacritic or something like the score was super low uh on metacritic i don't i'm not one that listens to reviews i'm gonna play a game regardless of what joe smo says about it uh but i think it's 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 crazy and again i need to go and actually look at those once i finish the game uh why it how how a game sells that many copies and then gets a bunch of hate how does that happen well I think that's always the danger of, of making a sequel to a super beloved game that a lot of people probably thought that ending to the first game was was perfect, was great, and there was no need to continue that story in any way. So I think uh, when you decide to make a sequel, you're going to get a portion of, of the fan base that, that just believes the sequel should not have been made, regardless of how good or bad it actually is. Um you know, I have not finished the game, and so I'm staying away, like you, Ryan, from the reviews and kind of taking a deeper dive just in case there's a, a big spoiler that I'm missing here, and I don't want that. Um, yeah. But it, it's like any any work of art there. You're going to have people that, that are passionate, especially, especially when a, a game like The Last of Us was the game that you're sequelizing. Like, I, I kind of expect a, a similar reaction to the Breath of the Wild sequel. Because, um, cause, you know, for a lot of people, Breath of the Wild might be their, their favorite game of all time. And the moment you sequelize something like that, you're taking a risk that um, people are going to be angry or not agree with the choices. Yeah. Overt, are you playing this? Have you played this at all? Or have, did you play the uh, first one? Uh, I, <laughs> I have not played either. <laughs> but I, I watched a bunch of like walkthroughs and stuff on that. On that, I, I play Call of Duty and Fortnite like full time as my job. Yeah. So um, it's tough to squeeze in other games. But I definitely like last night. Uh, I just watched three hours of cutscenes from God of War. Yeah. <laughs> I do stuff like that. <laughs> like instead of movies, I watch wa whole walkthroughs. No, that makes sense. And this is, I mean, this is uh, this is one of those games too that. I mean, you got to think when the first one came out, that's when we were going from PS3 to PS4, essentially. Uh, so that was a huge moment. Then you had this iconic game come out. It's been six, seven years and we get the sequel. And you're right. The sequels are always it's, it's going to be hit or miss. Uh, you know, I so far from what I've played, uh, I've really enjoyed it. Again, I think they do a really good job of storytelling and it does feel like it's almost, you know, it feels like I'm I'm in a movie, just playing in a movie, uh, you know, and that's one of the, the big alerts about this game. I forgot how graphic it was though. I forget. It's kind of like, like and their sound design is on point, man. Like it is on point. So like you really like, and I, I really, I, I took it out of my gaming room into our bedroom because our, in our bedroom, we have a 4k TV and it, it looks absolutely stunning. I was like, I'm just playing it here uh, from now on. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is too, much not to do it um but yeah i just I, I mean i'm enjoying being in it uh again i'm gonna go back and look at uh look at all the uh, uh like some of the reviews and stuff like that because i know that it, it you know the reviews people have been saying things and stuff and you're right they're gonna be you know people 
emotionally were very tied, I feel, to The Last of Us. So coming out with uh, The Last of Us 2, uh, you know, I think some people got their uh, feelings hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, over, I have, I have a question for you. Um, you know, clearly a, a game like Call of Duty, right, it is they, they've got that down in the machine with their different studios come in and with, with the different sub-series in, in that franchise there. Over the years, how have you seen them kind of react in terms of adjusting, fine-tuning, putting features in, whatnot, and listening to the community and making sure that each new installment is is reaching the, the core of what the fans and players want from, from that series? Well, I, I will say that Activision has always been a little bit notoriously tough. I, I love you, Activision. But, um, you know, they have always been a, a little bit tough, <laughs> tough but I really – I personally feel that in the last the last couple of years here, they've um, come around a lot more to listening to the player base, and especially with the inclusion of like Blackout and Warzone, um, they, they've done a great job of of you know reeling a ton of players that I know were on the kind of maybe on the edge of wondering if they're going to pick up the next Call of Duty. I think that they've done a great job of bringing those players all back in because Warzone, for example, shoot, that's I think that's one of the best. Call of Duty, uh, you know, game modes of all time. Obviously, you can tell by the player count, it's huge. And I just, I, I really think that they've done a great job of of listening to the fan base in the last year or two here. Um, War, War, Warzone's amazing. I think that it's it's going to be in Call of Duty, obviously, for years to come. And uh, I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm happy that Call of Duty is like it was one of the most, you know, sought after titles. All my friends loved it for years. And then they had a few rough years there in the middle, and now they're back killing it again with the battle, the uh, battle royale modes, which is amazing. So I'm liking it a lot. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm not a big battle royale player, um, but something about this one I enjoy. It's got the Call of Duty feel. I've always loved the Call of Duty gameplay, or not gameplay, but the gunplay in Call of Duty. It's probably the one that I'm most comfortable with. Uh, but I was kind of on the edge as well as far as like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to pick up the next Call of Duty. Like, I could probably skip this one. Uh, I'm glad I didn't. Because uh, something I did, again, there's always something inside me. It's like, ah, just pick it up. You might yeah, you got pick it, it up. It's you always got, a good game. Yeah, it's exactly. Gonna be good. It's going to be always good. So it's like, it's it's worth it. But exactly, you're exactly the person that I'm talking about then that's like on the edge and they they drop Warzone, which Blackout felt like a very, um like they put in the Battle Royale, but it wasn't perfect, right? Warzone mm-hmm. feels, I, I can't say perfect, but it feels so close to being a, a perfect game mode it's a ton of fun yeah no they absolutely knocked it out of the park what are your what are your thoughts on uh because i know that they're working on a call of duty 2020 speculation i don't know if this has been confirmed but i i've, I've heard something about them trying to reboot uh this may be that reboot of uh black ops uh which I invite that. Black Ops is probably one of my favorite of the series. I, I the zombies alone, uh, you know, I mean, they 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 really need to make a movie or something of that because that story is amazing. Uh, but yeah, I, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, a reboot of Black Ops would be absolutely amazing. One of my favorite games in the series. Yeah. Uh, probably, top, probably, if it's not my favorite, it's definitely like top three, top two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that what the what's happening is it's going to be a Cold War uh, game, and it's supposed to be a Black Ops reboot or something. I haven't, mm-hmm. I've kept up as much as I can, but lately 
uh, I've switched up my content a little bit to where I'm less of a, like a news update channel. It's more right. about me personally. So I've actually done myself like a little, uh, a little favor. And I, I stopped keeping up with every single update. That way I get surprised when like the, you know, the big trailers released and stuff. But yeah, I think it's like a Cold War series, little Black Ops reboot and whatever Treyarch does, they, they always do amazing. So I'm looking forward to it. They're my favorite uh, developer. So I mean, I'm excited to see what they do this year. It's funny because obviously Call of Duty has been one of the biggest entertainment franchises out there. Just, you know, their, their launches are always one of the biggest launches, just period, bar none. And it's it's been interesting to see them kind of go through the the renaissance, the changes. And, you know, like, like both of you guys said, there was a couple of years there where it seemed like they were losing a little bit of steam in the public's eye. And so it's nice to see that come back because, you know, I, I'm remembering in my college days and whatnot and, and a Call of Duty launch was one of like the biggest things we were all looking forward to, you know, going out there, buying it day one and just hopping on and, and playing for hours upon hours upon hours. And it feels like that excitement's kind of come back the last couple of years. And it's, it's, it's fun to see that. Cause it's, it's a franchise that, that I've loved growing up and, and, you know, it, it's great to see to see the conversation come back and, and swing in a more positive direction uh, in terms of excitement. Well, again, Definitely. too, oh, so, uh, I was going to say, uh, again, it, it was, you know, I think something that was huge for them was to take on this free-to-play uh, Battle Royale model, uh, I think was absolutely huge because get the get get the game into people's hands uh, and they will uh, they will play it, especially something in, in a series that's as popular as Call of Duty. I think that was an absolute brilliant move on their part. Uh, Blackout was Blackout was good, but you're right. I feel like they really tightened things and, and dialed it in here uh, with uh, Warzone. And I mean, it's just fun to play. It's just fun to play. It's fun to play and it's fun to watch too. Like some of my friends, uh, like Faye Swag or Nick Merckx, are absolutely killing it. They're pulling 40k viewers on a Call of Duty game, which I, I don't know if you guys were paying attention to the numbers. Like a year or two years ago, it seemed like Call of Duty, just the whole um, category on Twitch, was topping off at like 50k. Right. And, and you got Fortnite with you know 200k, 200k viewers all the time. And now I'm looking at the Twitch numbers right now. Fortnite has 198,000 people watching. And Call of Duty has 185,000 people watching. So that that has to speak to how how good they're doing and how much they've improved with like listening to everybody and getting that that game the the gameplay in there with the Warzone stuff is just amazing. It's so fun to watch. It, right. It's super fun to watch. They're just they're doing an incredible job. Lucas, let's do you want to uh, take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, get down and dirty here with Overt. Let's do it. We'll be right back, y'all. There's no shortage of action going on at Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. 
And welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to that short message. And we are going to get into the fun part of the show. And over, I always like to start at the beginning here. So, so take me back to when you were just starting out creating content here. And I think for a lot of people, uh, at least people like me, we remember the GameStop videos. And <laughs> I, I kind of just kind of want to go into, if I could start there, what what was the genesis? How did that start to form in your head to, to start to do those? Okay, so I'm going to give you a little backstory before the GameStop stuff happened real quick. I started doing Call of Duty videos in, I started my channel in 2010. Uh, I was a big fan of like sniper montages, Zer Grizz, FaZe Clan. Uh, watching those guys was uh, amazing and inspired me a little bit. I actually trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and while I was oh, training, nice. I hurt my shoulder, so I was out for a few months. And during that time, I created, I, I created a channel. I started um, making a lot of content around Call of Duty. And at the same time, I went, I got a job at GameStop. So I was working at GameStop. I was making Call of Duty videos. Then we get around the time of Black Ops 3, and I ended up um, actually being the guy, <laughs> I'm not supposed to talk about this, like, yeah. but I ended up being the guy who uh, opened up a street dated package and uh, kind of, uh, spo- spoiler alert, I-, I revealed it was going to be Black Ops 3 for the year. I took some some uh, some pictures and tweeted them out <laughs> of the actual copies of Black Ops 3. And this was before it was actually officially announced. Like We had all the marketing at, at my GameStop. So... Yeah, I put that out on Twitter. It went a little bit more viral than I imagined. GameStop and Activision came down upon my head with their, <laughs> their fiery wrath, and I was I was fired from from GameStop. And uh, so from there, I like I, I kept doing the Call of Duty videos for a little bit. I ended up waiting a few months, and then I told the story of how I got fired and that whole thing. And the GameStop videos just like took like took off. So I just kept doing. GameStop stuff, showing up to GameStop, buying random people, showing up to GameStop with $1,000 and buying random people games, you know, telling stories about what I did while I was working at GameStop, going GameStop dumpster diving, tell, you know, just stuff like that. It ended up like going crazy and um, I, it, it was just wild. It, they went super viral and that actually, uh, even now, like I went to GameStop the other day and the employee there recognized me. He's like, aren't you the guy that leaked by three? <laughs> We had like a huge conference call about that when we're back in the day, and like all this stuff. So yeah, that's kind of how the GameStop stuff got started. Can, can I ask, when you were deciding that you were going to leak that stuff out, what what were you expecting to happen? What what was the end goal there? Well, I, I wanted some good content, you know, everything for the vlog. You feel me? But uh, yeah, I did not expect it to go as viral as as it did. I, I didn't expect, um, you know, I expected a little bit of traction, but. I didn't realize that it was going to explode the way it did. And then, uh, yeah, I uh, didn't expect that. Nope. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it, it's kind of funny because in, in my mind, you know, had you not done that, how, how much do you think your timeline would have been different toward, you know, going toward your channel full time and, and not having to, to balance, you know, the, the quote unquote day job with it? Um, yeah, that definitely, I was already doing well before I already had, you know, maybe a quarter million followers mm-hmm. and right now I'm at like 2.2 million total across my platforms or 2.3 million total across my platforms. Um, but I, I was already doing well, but that thing exploded in such a way that the numbers don't really reflect how viral it went. You can see the individual videos have millions of views. Um, but man, just getting recognized, uh, every time I went out, every time I went to GameStop, 
uh, I got recognized. And that really propelled me into doing a lot of crazy stuff. Like I had the fight on the Logan Paul versus KSI boxing event over there. We just sold like 1.1 or 1.2 million pay-per-views, 23,000 seats, 22,000 seats in the Manchester arena. Um, I played in the NBA Playmakers, their first uh, step into, the, you know, getting influencers together to play during the summer league. So I played in the NBA. I fought on the Logan Paul KSI boxing event. And pretty much all that stemmed from how viral my GameStop videos went, which is absolutely insane. That's, that is crazy. Now, I mean, just going back a little bit and seeing as you as things have started like developing and, and, and these things were, were gaining traction. You said you've been making videos for you've been doing this for what, four, you said four or five years. Um, uh, I've been doing it full time for four or five years, okay. but I've been doing it since 2010 as far as just making content. So seeing where it went or where it started in 2010 to where we are in 2020, what are some of the biggest changes you think, uh, have like really helped you, uh, and just the industry as a whole, like just grow just as a whole, you want you know, even 2020 was or 2010 was forever ago, but even in the last two years to see how much it's grown and how much more mainstream it's gotten. And people like Tifu, people like Ninja, people like FaZe Clan, really at the forefront of this and making it so mainstream, making it like cooler to, to be a gamer. Even a few years ago when I was, you know, pulling millions of views on YouTube, it was hard for me to secure a thousand dollar brand deal. People didn't believe in it. Why would we, uh, you're a YouTuber. Why would we give you you know, a free backpack. That's insane to us. But meanwhile, I'm pulling 5 million views a month, 10 million views a month. And now I think just in the past two years with guys like Ninja really, you know, bringing it to the forefront, ma making it so mainstream. Now, you know, I have, I have, I can't even tell you how many emails I have of different companies wanting to work with me on, Hey, can you play our game? Hey, can you, can we fly out for this event? Can we do this? And I, th I think that it just, the mindset and the perspective of people has has changed in a, such a positive way, um, and I, I just feel like a lot of the mainstream much more appreciates the value that streamers and content creators bring, you know. And I think that just video games in general is looked at as like such a more positive thing than even just two years ago, let alone ten years ago. You know? Yeah, I agree. And I know that uh, I know that you use, uh, and I've started recently using TikTok as well. Uh, I mean that. I felt like that kind of came out of nowhere as far as the ability to reach uh, an audience uh, and and go viral. And you know what I mean? This It's, it's more of this organic reach uh, on there is absolutely crazy. How how has that helped to just put you, you know, move you forward and, and help you connect uh, with others out there? Um, first off, I'm going to say this. Do you guys have a TikTok for this podcast? <laughs> Make no, one. Like, I will help you guys make one right after this. Make Perfect. one. Put on these sound bites. I think that it would do good. I think little sound bites do great on TikTok. Like you just said, it, it's such an organic. The way that TikTok recommends videos is so fair and so organic. And I believe that it's currently obviously one of the best platforms, if not the best. It's also a fantastic mar marketing platform. Like it's fantastic for that to market your other socials, to market the podcast, to market whatever it is that you're working on, right? I've gained so many. So basically how I got started with TikTok was last year, they reached out to me about getting on board to help them bring more gaming onto the platform, right? I'm already a gaming channel. I've been doing gaming for a long time. So they reached out to me. They asked if I would 
bring my stuff over to TikTok and really get more of a gamer audience on there. I started doing that. And my little brother, um, who is who was 12 at the time, and oh, I'm sorry, he was 11 at the time. He was like, yo, you're on TikTok now? Like, that's so cool. Like, that's awesome. And so to me, the fact that my little brother who's in middle school thought that that was cool was like, okay, there's a huge audience of every YouTuber, every content creator, every show in the world. There's a huge audience that is in middle school, high school. Like all those kids are the next generation of uh, fans of your audience, of the people who are going to do big things, right? So the fact that my little brother was so excited about it made me even more excited and I was already enjoying it. And then when he talked about it, I was like, all right, I'm going to go, you know, full steam ahead on this. And I've been averaging over 100,000 followers every month since I started TikTok. So yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. I, I just hit 1.6 million followers um, like yesterday and I'm getting 25 million views a month on average. Wow. And yeah, just little daily posts over there. I, I just do fun stuff like, I'll tell my little brother if he wins a game of Fortnite, I'll take you to the mall and buy anything you want. Like just little videos like that. Super easy, super quick, and a, a lot of Fortnite content. But it's just it's it's an amazing platform. It's my favorite platform. I'm having more fun with this than I've ever had with any other social platform, which is crazy because I've had so much fun on Twitch or on YouTube, and somehow TikTok is taking the lead for me. It's a ton of fun. You know how how difficult or how much planning do you have to do to be able to to balance and create content for all these different platforms and you know you just mentioned tiktok is is now the one you're having most fun with what mm. what do you think is, is making you have more fun with that as opposed to some of these other channels um i think that i've always been a little bit add and i cannot and refuse to edit six hours of content a day <laughs> you know so like just being able to shoot stuff in tiktok and and post it up it's just fun because I get to have just like so many of my YouTube videos, even if you look at them, it's me having a bunch of little random ideas and then putting it together. And TikTok just allows me to put all those little ideas out whenever I feel like, right? So I could just be like, I'm going to shoot this video right now. Boom, 15 seconds, done. Boom, 45 seconds, done. And there's no hours of editing and all that. And th that's what, for me, it's so much fun. And it's so it's so lively because there's so, there's so many fans on there. And all those those, you know, there's a ton of people who are, and now it's getting a little bit older, but middle school, high school, um, even even younger kids than that are on TikTok. And so the fan base on there is just so it feels so alive, you know, and I think that that's a, a huge factor. And even with TikTok, like I've gained more followers on my other socials from TikTok than I have ever gained mm -hmm. from any other platform, if that makes sense. Like the fan mm -hmm. base really spreads. Um, so I put up like 60,000 followers in the last maybe uh 45 days i think 60 days on my instagram from my tiktok like right the, the people just really follow you everywhere which is amazing and it's it just they're super fun it's very fun to interact with very nice and you know and when when you're having to kind of balance as i'm sure you know balancing not just your tiktok channel now but with with instagram with youtube with all that good stuff what what kind of scheduling like how how far in advance are you planning this stuff out or do you does it kind of come naturally to you and, and easily or is this something that you have like a week or two out in, uh, ahead um to to what you want to do and create so typically um i'll say this the way that i'm doing it now is because i'm not currently posting youtube content i haven't posted youtube content since uh maybe last year 
Yeah, the end of last year, I think, is what I said. Right. So, yeah, I've just been like kind of chilling. I've been working on my other socials. I worked so hard at YouTube and my Twitter for such a long time that uh, I feel like since TikTok is doing well, I'm having fun with that. Uh, I decided I'm going to grow my my TikTok and my Instagram, and that's what I'm going to focus on right now. And I've also been doing a ton of like behind the scenes, like management type stuff, just like business, businessy things. Last year, I actually had a content house out here in Vegas. I think we did like 450 million views in about a six month period. Mm-hmm. And um, so like working on that, doing that, it really does. It's hard to fit everything into the schedule, you know? So right now, really, I'm just creating TikTok content and, you know, working with some sponsors and, and doing the business end, I guess, in a lot of ways. But I have some stuff in the works for later on this year. And as soon as that stuff happens, I will be back streaming and creating YouTube content on a five time a week basis or so. And as of right now, I, I, I typically take one day out of the week to shoot most of my TikTok videos. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I do that one day a week. And then in between, I'll like sprinkle some other ones on there. But yeah, I do plan out videos like a week and a week ahead, I would say. What would you say like a, a, a dream project for you would be? A dream project. So um, right now, the project that I'm currently working on is putting together all the biggest TikTok gaming creators, putting them into like one house and then um, seeing what happens, you know? So yeah, that's kind of the project that I'm working on. That's something that I would love to do. Uh, I did a little bit last year with the house that I had here in Vegas. Um, But yeah, just getting a bunch of people with the similar mindset together and making content, you know, working with big brands and helping these people build their brands, I think is like a huge thing for me that, that, um, that excites me to help out other people in, in this space and be able to kind of like create something a little bit bigger than just myself um, is, is something that is very enticing to me. You know, speaking of, of helping, you know, other content creators and whatnot, if you could go back and, and tell your younger self, you know, if, if the, the 2010 version of you was just started out now, what, what's that piece of advice that you would give them to get started right now? Cause I think a lot of people see, you know, the variety of options out there, it, it can be overwhelming if you're, if you're just getting your, your dipping your, your toe in the water there. So to somebody starting out today, uh, there's a lot of the same principles uh, and, and things and guidelines that you should follow. Just like there's always been, there's like no secret to a lot of stuff. Like mm-hmm. the secret ingredient is that, that there is no secret ingredient. You just got to actually work at it you know you gotta if you want to do this for a job you got to treat it like a job show up for six to 12 hours a day and and get it done but i really think that if you're going to start now you have to be consistent meaning that you don't consistent doesn't mean every day consistent just means if you tell your people you're going to be there five days a week you're there five days a week right so be consistent have quality stuff so Uh, try to make your quality as good as the best guy that you watch stream or as good as the best YouTuber, you know, that you're watching. Maybe you don't have the money to, you know, get the $5,000 camera, but at least make the quality good. So if the dude's, you know, making quality cuts and quality edits, do your best to learn how to do that. Get that done. Consistent quality. And then taking advantage of obviously networking and all the platforms that you have at your fingertips, right? If you have a stream, that you're, you know, you're streaming on Twitch 
or Facebook gaming slash mixer now or whatever happened there. If you're streaming, <laughs> if you're streaming, make sure that you're talking to other people in the community. You're playing games. Hey, on Friday night, I play with the, uh, you know, the other people around my size in the community. You know what I mean? And um, do that, but also talk to your, talk to your people on Twitter. Have that Instagram going, showing your gaming setup on Instagram. Make sure that you're on TikTok marketing your other platforms. You know, TikTok is great for that. TikTok is great to say, hey, guys, it's my first day streaming. I'm super nervous. Here's the link to my stream in my bio. If you guys want to come see me, that'd be awesome. That video might get 30,000 views, you know? So I think that that's pretty much the, um, the way that I would go about it right now if I was just starting out. Do you, which one do you, do you prefer making, uh, like YouTube content and videos or, or do you enjoy the live streaming experience more? You know, I think that I always enjoyed making the, uh, like more edited content, I guess. Um, I definitely enjoyed doing YouTube more than, you know what? I don't know. It's such a different experience. It's definitely a different experience. I think that I enjoy doing YouTube more, but I still really enjoyed streaming when I did. Um, at, at the height of my streaming, I was pulling about like 2,500 viewers a stream. I haven't streamed in forever, but, um, I, I always really enjoyed that live experience of like interacting with everybody. And I, I think it's super fun, especially if you get like a good crowd in there and everybody's cool. You're playing games with like, uh, you know, playing games with subs today or whatever it is. It is a fun experience for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's pretty even for me, but I think that edited like YouTube content takes the lead just by like a smidgen. So where do you find the time? Because I'm not going to lie, like being on the socials can be super exhausting. <laughs> where do you find the time to, you know what I mean? It's like to, you know, go and interact over here and then, you know, make the video over here. Would you say it's, I mean, easier or a little easier now that that's your, like, you know, you're doing it full time. That is your, you know, that is what you, you do is you're, you're out there, you're talking, you're making content and different videos, uh, for the different platforms. Uh, how do you juggle it all? It's, de it's definitely easier, uh, when it's your full-time job for sure. 100%. Of course it is. Uh, it's definitely easier now. Uh, I looked at my phone screen time. I'm down to nine hours a day. So <laughs> I feel like I feel good. I have a free day most of the time. Uh, during quarantine, I was up to like 12, 13 hours a day or something. I was like, how's that even possible? I'm not even awake that long. <laughs> you know? But yeah, you just, you just got to make the time. And even like, but I don't want to discourage anybody who says, oh, I, you know, if it's not my full time, then I can't dedicate that much time to it. Well, it's never going to be a full time if you don't dedicate the time, right? So when I was, uh, working at GameStop still, and I got fired from GameStop in 2015. But during that time, during uh, 2015, 2014, 2013, I was working at GameStop. I was going to school full time. I was training, teaching, and competing in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which I was so that probably about four hours a day. I was doing that six days a week, going to school for four or five hours a day, five days a week. Uh, I was working 40 hours a week at GameStop and I was creating content for YouTube, which takes a couple hours a day. If you want to have at least one video up, it takes at least two hours a day. I was going to the gym and I was maintaining somewhat of a social life during that time. I was sleeping like four hours a night for, there was times six, seven, eight months where I was only sleeping four hours a night because I wanted to make the YouTube thing happen too. And I think that this is something a lot of people know, but a lot of people don't do you have to have side hustles 
and side things that you're working on. Right. So like, mm-hmm. um, I just think that's super important. No. And, and that really is. And I, I feel like that's one of the biggest, uh, you know, takeaways, especially from people that have found success and that are successful, uh, in any area is that people, people see that success and they say, Oh, you know, I, I that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to get that and whatnot, but they don't think about the journey that it takes. And that journey is the grind. And that's exactly what you just described with the grind doing, you know, you're doing X, Y, and Z. And then I also have to pay the bills. And then I have to, you know what I mean? It's like, there's a million reasons why you could say, uh, I don't have time to do it. Or I don't, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, well then you're not going to ever get there. The only way you're going to get there is if you put the work in. Right. 100%. Like, do you have time to take that half an hour shower today? Do you have time to watch that episode of Netflix? Then you would have had time to make a YouTube video or do an hour stream. Like it's just, it's all in how you look at it. And I think that, um, that is, I know for a fact it's lost on a lot of people that I know people personally that say, Oh, I want to be a streamer so bad. And I know them and I know they're not streaming because they're doing something else. But then they're saying, Oh, it just, it's just too tough, man. <laughs> well, you gotta do it. Yeah, you're like you gotta do it, bro. I don't know. What to tell. There's no secret ingredient. You just gotta do it. When, when you first started creating content, what was what was your original goal, and how did that kind of shape and evolve as as you saw your channels grow and and found some success there? Uh, when I started making content, like the biggest content creators for strictly gaming, literally had like thirty thousand subscribers. Right? I remember when Nate Shot was working at um. Nate Shot, owner of 100 Thieves, partner with, partners with Drake and Scooter Braun. He's working at McDonald's. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I, like, I was watching these guys, and he had like 25,000, 30,000 subs at the time. I was like, wow, if I could get to 30,000 subs, that'd be, that'd be wild, right? That'd be insane. <laughs> so as I started you know, gain, gaining subscribers and all that, I ended up making like 100,000 the goal. And I really, like at the time, I was like, man, if I could get to 100K, that would be crazy. Even when I hit 100K, I was like, wow, there's not much left for me here. There's probably not much more of an audience. These are all the people who watch games. This is all. <laughs> and now, like, like, if you look at like PewDiePie, I would consider him still a gamer. And he's got 100 million subscribers. Right. You know, so, or Ninja, who's got, I don't know how many subscribers now, 25 <laughs> million and plus a billion on cover of ESPN. Like, it's crazy. ESPN cover. So all these people calling me right now. I gave out my number for a, a text me app thing, and uh-huh. I get nonstop calls on it all day. Um, <laughs> it was not smart. It was not the. It's not the the wise thing to do. <laughs> but yeah, so I think did I answer the question? You did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know what's as you've mentioned you you've done some some pretty wild and entertaining things you know from stepping into the boxing ring to summer league stuff what's been your favorite and what's i mean if you could just pluck something out of thin air tomorrow what's the craziest thing that you would want to take part in i mean the craziest thing that i've been a part of obviously has to be um the boxing match that has to be the craziest thing because <laughs> who gets the experience Walking out to like 20,000 people screaming uh, about you or, you know, walking out here and so many people be like, yo, overflow, no way, blah, blah, or this guy or whatever. Who gets to experience that? And also who gets to experience getting punched in the eye in front of 20,000 people live <laughs> and 1 million people on the internet and 100 million people who probably illegally pirated it. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I mean, that was definitely the craziest thing. That was such an experience. 
Um, that was insane. I was actually supposed to fight on the rematch here. I'm not a boxer, by the way, so don't judge judge my handiwork. Too much. <laughs> I only wrestle and do jujitsu. That's it. All right. I trained for a whole two weeks for this. But <laughs> I was actually, as you can see, a little bit of the. If you actually look at the highlights in the highlights of this fight, which probably won't be shown here, but in the highlights, I actually do it like an outside uh, trip and, and throw him down. And I know that that's illegal in Boston, but this is a celebrity entertainment match. And that is the most viral clip from the whole fight besides the um, main event. The most viral clip was me doing a judo trip on the guy because everybody knew that I don't box and I do jiu-jitsu. So it's it just like such a crazy – everybody booed, obviously. Oh, you can't, you can't wrestle. Yeah, well, I did, and now it's the most viewed highlight of the whole thing. I don't know what to tell you. So <laughs> we're in the entertainment industry here. But, yeah, I was actually supposed to fight on the rematch. I was going to train a lot more. They were going to grant me my pro boxer's license because I have the amateur record. I was going to be at the Staples Center, and it was just such a short notice um, fight that they gave me. And I was supposed to fight against some guy who had like 10 professional fights. And I could not, because they gave it to me so short notice, I couldn't get all my sponsors behind me in time. So I would have made like 10% of what I should have made. So I ended up saying no. I ended up getting a VIP box right next to Justin Bieber and Wiz Khalifa. And I got to watch mm. the fight without getting hit in the face. It was way better. I love it. <laughs> if I could materialize anything out of thin air tomorrow, um, something that I would, I, I mean, the, one thing that I'm focused on right now uh, is getting a TikTok gaming house together. I've been talking to mm -hmm. a ton of the Phase Boys. Uh, I've been talking to a ton of the biggest gaming creators on TikTok, and uh, we we have like six or seven people that are super down to put this house together. So now it's kind of just a matter of talking to the sponsors and getting, in my ideal world, a house here in Vegas and a mm -hmm. house in LA, and mm -hmm. kind of just really run up the gaming stuff because. You, if you see the Hype House, it's huge. In LA, it's like all the biggest TikTokers are in that. Uh, they moved into the old Phase House, actually, and they are absolutely crushing it. You know, these guys have millions of followers, and nobody's done that with gaming yet. So don't steal my idea. If you steal my idea, I already <laughs> know who you are. Yeah, come on, bro. We're, we're homies. <laughs> but yeah, we're going we're gonna to put something together that's crazy. And uh, I, I just I, – I, that cannot happen fast enough. It's going to be – it's going to be – it's going to be wild. Do you do you have a timeline? Uh, the timeline was before quarantine happened, and now the timeline <laughs> yeah. is whenever, whenever, the, uh, whenever we can. I don't know. Hopefully within the next six months. Okay. Hopefully sooner, but you know, it just I feel like everything's just so weird right now, right? Right. So like even with stuff getting less weird, it's only gotten more weird. So yeah. Yeah, and I remember we had uh, that conversation with uh, Faye Swag. Uh, he was on uh, an episode earlier. Oh, I was on. Yeah, yeah, and he had talked about, guy. you know, yeah, and like, because he was like really the one that was like, that, like, he was talking about TikTok and, and the stuff that they're doing on TikTok and, and the house that they have out here and whatnot. Uh, so it's nice to see that, you know what I mean? You guys are working, you know, and, and talking and having those conversations uh, and to be able to see what you guys come up with and the content that you guys create out there. So I just think that it's, it's insane. It's such a prime. It's so, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. If we could get this done in the next few months, that'd be amazing. Perfect. Perfect. You know, I, I know that, that since that's your big focus there, do you have, you mentioned some, some other projects maybe to, to restart and use some YouTube content. Can, is there anything that you can share about that? Or is that something you're keeping under wraps until it gets a little more definite? 
Um, you know, I think that the whole thing with the YouTube content is when I restart, I want to uh, like uh, get back into it heavy. I want to, I don't want to start it and do like half of what I can do, right? I want to start, right. and I want to come at it strong. So my whole thing is, I literally have like a list of goals in front of me. I have a list of goals for like 2020. And I've already smashed like half the goals and we're only halfway through the year, you know? So as soon as I get this, uh, these houses going, then the plan would be to just really pump out one or two pieces of content a day and start streaming. There's really nothing too crazy about that besides the fact that I know that um, I can do it because I, I, I have a good work ethic, you know what I mean? So I have a good work ethic and I know that whenever I start something, I generally succeed at it because I have that that mindset, you know? So um, yeah, I'm not scared of hard work, I guess, but I'm also not scared to be very lazy and not post anything for a year. So <laughs> double-edged sword. Ebb and flow, exactly. <laughs> hey, life is a little bit of give and take, you know? <laughs> exactly. Again, overt flow, uh, we can find them. You can find them. Uh, Throws, where can we find you at uh, on the interwebs? I am on every single social media platform, including but not limited to MySpace and many others. As overt flow, O V E R T F L O W. Don't forget the T in the middle. It's actually not overflow. It's overt flow. Two words into one word. So yeah, I'm I'm literally overflow everywhere. I have the OG at on everything. Awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely check that stuff out. I know really quickly we wanted to touch on. So we know about and you 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 mentioned something here a little earlier about uh, Ninja and and Mixer uh, going away. Number one, they made out like big dogs. Uh, you know what I mean? Less than a year's worth of work. 30 mil, I'll take it, you know. Uh, I would have done was, it for 10% of that. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. I'm a reasonable guy. Yeah. yeah. And that now, you know, they, they go back on free agency. Uh, where do you think they're going to end up landing uh, him, Shroud? Uh, I know there's, you know, Twitch is a possibility. I'm pretty sure they've already said no to Facebook gaming. So really, I kind of feel like it's either Twitch or YouTube. What are your right. thoughts? Or, or, or there's the third option, which is which is uh, they're creating their own platform that's going to overthrow everybody. But we don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I saw something. I saw something about this, and this ties into this doctor disrespect. Uh, yeah. was, I thought this just so this theory of of them creating their own platform uh, that would be interesting. <laughs> that that would be crazy. You know what? If anybody could do it, it would be taking the most because these guys have eclipsed the streaming industry. Right? Ninja is bigger than yep. any you know gamer streamer, bigger than any gaming service. Ninja is so recognizable. You get a guy like Ninja, a guy like Shroud, Dr. Disrespect. You get these three together, and they, they really could lead um, a new streaming service. And that's just rumors and speculation. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of conspiracy theories about that. But it's always – it's fun. It's fun to conspirarize or whatever that word <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, that would be interesting. Go ahead. Sorry, Lucas. If they did make their own platform – do you think ultimately it would be successful? Um, I believe that the real issue is not having everybody's um, like with Mixer. They brought over Ninja, right? They right. brought over Shroud. But these guys, I just think that when they have a personal investment, if they were to make their own platform, 
I think that the way that they would go about promoting that is much different than them just being signed to a to a bigger label or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that if you get enough people behind it, and especially because we're all so tight in the community, you know what I mean? We're all like mm-hmm. friends pretty much, except for the people that don't feel like being friends for some reason. But we're all we're all homies. <laughs> and if Ninja was to call me up tomorrow because because we're homies like that, I've met him. <laughs> Once or twice, I don't want to brag. But um, <laughs> if, he, uh, if he hit me up or whatever, or you know, if one of my friends were to hit me up, right? Of course, I would go help them with their platform. If there was like a long-term goal and all that, and I think that obviously guys like Ninja and Shroud have so many friends of the community that they could get so many big streamers over to their platform. And if they went about it that way, because that's way different than a business. That's not like Mixer right. saying we'll give you money to come over. That's like I'm your friend. We'll make money. Let's do this thing. We could be. We could leave this new wave, and and that's something that could really happen and could really be successful. You know, if you get a bunch of big streamers on board with it. Yeah, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. It would be that would be absolutely nuts to see. Obviously, they have the uh, the financial backing that they're able to do something like this and really create uh, something that's number one. The fact that they you know they're all up in that in that world and whatnot, so they know what they like. They spent hours upon hours upon hours uh, on the platform, and and I you know I would love to see something uh, just you know just see people that that had been doing it for years come up with something i think a lot of people would really enjoy yeah that that would be um that would be interesting that i mean i just think we could speculate all we want but at the end of the day i think we all agree on one thing it's possible and it would be kind of exciting right see if like just because at the end of the day these guys are all guys that play video games you know we all do the same thing here they're just i'm just a random guy that plays video games you know what i mean (laughs) like so to see that happen to to one of us in a sense right be pretty exciting you know and it's it's possible now especially like we were talking about earlier 2020 even just from 2017 2018 it's the whole video game industry is so much more mainstream and accepted like there are going to be big people i mean there's huge investors already but there's people who will believe now when you tell them hey man there's a lot of money in people watching me play fortnite now there's going to be businesses and companies that are like yo there is i know this guy named ninja cover vspn all this stuff, you know what I mean? Like now there's a lot of belief and credibility behind it, which I think, you know, there's a lot of good stuff that could come out of that. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's kind of one of the silver linings I feel like from this lockdown is it kind of forced people into the digital space and start, you know, checking out different, uh, you know, live streaming services and this and that. And even on the production side of things, uh, people pushing the boundaries and seeing what you could do on a production side. Uh, you know, I feel like this is one of the silver linings as far as with the lockdown. Definitely. Even uh, for me and a ton of people I, you know, work with and know in the social space, we've all had such a boom on our socials. Like I gained a million and a half followers or something during quarantine because everybody's stuck inside. Nobody knows what to do. So there's right. just, on socials they're just watching stuff and it was it was honestly such a blessing for me uh, it, it was the quarantine was life-changing in my business world for sure like it definitely put me on the map in a whole new way which has been awesome T- tiktok really you know br- breathed new life into what i'm doing and the quarantine also did a, a similar thing with a ton of people that i know that are working on socials full-time and it was it, it's been it's been it's been crazy. It's been a roller coaster for sure. Is there anything else you'd like to throw out there and add before we call it a day? Um, I honestly, you guys, I wanna, I wanna switch the interview around onto you. <laughs> no, but seriously though, 
appreciate what you guys are doing for the whole esports gaming world. That's super cool that you guys are established guys at the Review Journal, really putting a focus on esports. I think it's such a huge thing, and I think that it's obviously super intelligent to shine more light on on this. I think that you have to you have to get with the you know. I think that now it's at a at a point where if you're not up to date with like esports and you're not with the times, you get left behind in a lot of senses. So it's nice to see, you know, guys like you really covering it and really, obviously we're all, we're all gamers here. Right. But it's nice to see that you guys are in established positions, really helping maybe the older generation in a sense. Like I've worked with a ton of companies where the guys that run it are a little bit older and they're not up to date with it or they're not up to date with socials or whatever it is. And it's nice to kind of bridge that gap. You know, so I appreciate you guys. And um, yeah, thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Overt Flow, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Uh, Lucas, I would ask you what you're planning on doing this week, but I'm guessing you're going to be finishing up The Last of Us 2? 100%. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) What about yourself, Ryan? I I am going to be finishing that up. Uh, I'm going to finish up uh, Kakarot. I got to go back and finish Death Stranding and uh, Death Stranding and Metal Gear Solid 5. Uh, and I'm going to start Detroit Become Human uh, here on Saturday. So uh, I've got I got lots of gaming to do. <laughs> That's going to do it here at Land Parties. Thank you guys again for joining us. We hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. And you already know it. We love your faces.